Right, here we go. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Freddy's World. You have heard me promote this guy's business. You have seen it on Instagram and Facebook. And I have known this guy for a long time. He knew me when I had hair, you know, and goatee. <laughs> right. I got, I'm just going to say we are showing love to small businesses out there here at Freddy's World. And I just want to thank this guy for coming. Give it up for my guy, Tony, from Tony Goes There. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's uh, awesome. I've been hearing a lot about Freddie, and I'm just feeling welcome in his world. Thank you, man. So, yes, the transportation business. You started Tony Goes There. You're the owner and operator. What made you decide to do this? So, long back when we both worked at Coloplast, <laughs> and we're trying to figure out what the rest of our adult lives were, um, I started driving uh, part-time for Lyft and Uber, and realized that I just wasn't being paid well for the time and the risk that I was taking with, you know, some passengers that I would say were probably uh, less than than uh, uh, potential priorities. So um, I decided to jump in with both feet, figured it was a great opportunity for me to do that and um, learned a lot of lessons on the fly. And so now, um, even though we're kind of in this man, this pandemic stuff, just realizing um, how much of a need there is out, out there for people that want um, a reliable, consistent driver, um, especially on the, the side of safety for females. So, Yes, and that's one thing I do love about your services. You're promoting safety for females because I have had female friends that had horrible experience, um, like taking Lyfts or Uber Tell some of my female friends said, one of them, she said that she was like a little intoxicated and while she was in the back seat, the Lyft guy kind of like put his hand and try to fill her up. And she just told him to stop the car and she got out. So I love that you're promoting women's safety with your transportation company. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of that motivation is, you know, there's a couple of different reasons, but the main ones for me are, you know, early on I had passengers that had the same type of experiences and it really helped me think about, you know, what's the best way I could serve that population, that specific demographic. But really on the personal side of things, I have identical twin girls that are going to be eight here in about a week. And I don't want them to grow up in an environment where they think that they have to tolerate that kind of behavior. No, and no woman should, uh, should tolerate that kind of behavior at all. That is not good. So um, what makes Tony Golzer different from Lyft and Uber? Well, I, I mean, the main difference is me, you know? Yes. I'm the only driver. I'm a sole proprietor. So I really pride myself on being able to provide that, that service directly from me without having to filter that through another driver or train somebody else up the way that they would deal on a professional level like I do. Um, but I'd say it, it's, it's a lot of the small things. It's, you know, you're at the airport. I help you with your luggage. Like, I get off my ass and I actually do some work. Um, I don't expect a tip. I price myself so that I'm paid what I feel like I'm worth, and I think that that works really well in the marketplace. You know, there are other things too, but I think it's just, it really boils down to service. Like, I just, I care. You know, I... I treat people the way I would want to be treated as a passenger. I show up on time. I'm professional. I communicate. But I'm also emotionally intelligent to know when somebody doesn't want to have a conversation with me. I shut it down. You know, some people just want to have time in the back of a car to work on their laptop. Yes, and that's uh, one thing I hate about Lyft and Uber. There's times I just want to get where I go and I'm playing on my phone. And I don't want to have like a five-minute conversation as soon as I get in the car. Like, hey, bro, where you going? Oh, you going here? Oh, you know, there's going to be bitches there. Oh, shit. I, I, should, I should stop. should park the car. But let me go and have a drink with you. Like, bruh, just drop me the fuck off, man. Just drop me off. Right. 
Because we all have had horrible Lyft and Uber driver stories, man. I mean, do you have one to share? Or? Oh, I got tons, tons. <laughs> uh, I got a couple that are really terrible, and then I got one that, that I'll share that's really amazing. But um, I'll start with two really bad ones. So the first one was um, I got pinged for <laughs> a pickup in North Minneapolis at like 11, no, at like 4 a.m. on a Wednesday. Ah, shit. <laughs> I pull up, you know, bunch of dudes hanging out on the stoop. You know, I could tell they're probably drunk. They're probably high, you know, but I felt like if I leave, you know, it might result in, in me getting hurt. And so I just decided, okay, I'm going to try to roll up the punches, just see what's going on here, feel them out. Guys get in the car. One guy's high as hell. One guy's drunk out, out of his mind, playing music super loud on their phones, can't decide where they want to go. All of a sudden, my itinerary updates. They got 15 stops on their ride because they want me to be their drug runner all over North. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So you were a fucking drug runner that night. They want to make me their damn drug mule. <laughs> so I was like, dude, the rules are I can only do one stop. And they're like, for real? And I'm like, yeah, for real. So he's like, okay, well, you can just drop me off first then. So on their way to the first stop, this guy's like talking to his friend about how they're going to run the city of Minneapolis and like they're the biggest weed dealers in the history of mankind. <laughs> like whatever. So we dropped that guy off. The second guy tells me that he's originally um, from Africa and that he's uh, a well-known family counselor in the Muslim community, which I thought, okay, awesome. And the guy starts to bawl in my back seat, telling me about how he just found out that who he thought was his real dad wasn't his real dad because his real dad was killed by a competing tribe back in his home country. And... Proceeds two blocks from his destination to do three lines of coke in my back seat. Damn. So I was like, okay, what do I do? Is this guy going to rage on me? You know, how do I treat the situation? Luckily, he was just, just thanked me and got out of the car. But I was sweating, man. Oh, I bet, dude. First of all, you they turned you into a drug mule overnight, man. Yeah. And it's a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Where are you going? Like, for me, I don't know about anybody that, that uses weed that needs it that quick and that early in the morning. 4 a.m. on a fucking Wednesday. On a Wednesday. I mean, if you need it, you need it, I guess. But <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I can understand a Friday, but a fucking Wednesday? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of stories that other drivers will tell you about how you know, there's rides that get ordered by parents with for their 15-year-old daughter without an adult with them, which is a absolute hell no. Um, and other stories about, you know, they have young kids without car seats. Like, I can't break the law. Like, what are you doing? But for me, one of the worst was I dropped off a mom and a daughter at a Walmart over in West St. Paul, or East St. Paul. And uh, they got out of the car or whatever. I get pinged for some somebody to be picked up at the same Walmart. So I'm like, great. I don't even have to move. Well, this guy comes out. He's got his two-year-old daughter, no car seat. So I tell him, look, I can't, man. And he's like, for real? And I said, yeah, for real. And he's like, well, you can't leave because if the ride get canceled, gets canceled, um, you're going to take my last $5, and you can't take my that $5 cancellation fee. That's stealing. You're a thief. I was like, well, I can't take you. I'm like, I got to go. So I proceed to leave, and this piece of shit throws his two-year-old daughter in front of my car. Skins up her knees, cuts up her face. Oh my fucking God, man. And I'm just like, what the hell just happened? And all of a sudden, cops roll up because it's East St. Paul and they got a police officer sitting in the Walmart parking lot who happened to catch everything on his dash cam. So he comes over, cuffs the guy. They run his record, three outstanding warrants. They stuff him, 
Child Protective Services rolls up, takes the daughter into custody. I'm balling my ass though, because like I said, I got twin girls. Like, who does that to their child? That's fucked up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, it's just like, how? how? How does that happen? And that was another, you know, real fork in the road that motivated me. Like, I got to do something different. I can't, I can't be serving a, a population base that's putting me in these types of situations. No, you can't. And one thing I love about your service, even though I have not used it yet, I did check out the website. Not only do you serve Hennepin County, but you're not afraid that you go like to St. Cloud or Rochester. So you pretty much you stay you go beyond the metro area. Yeah, Duluth, Mankato. I mean, I've been all the way down to Elberly. I've been, you know, all the way up to, you know, Brainerd. So it just depends. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And there are people that live far out that don't have access to Lyft or Uber. And there's no way a cab's going that far. So if it's, especially if it's a friend or a family member, it's like, I want to establish that relationship on the business side of things because I already have that, that relationship on the personal side of things. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's great because this is just you driving so you can build those relationships. Yeah. You know, instead of when you hop in the Uber or Lyft, you get some random guy... You know, you're just like, I don't know if I trust this guy. So you cancel, you try to shuffle through to pick somebody else. But like I said, with you, it's just you establishing that relationship with the driver, not only to make themselves feel safe, but also just making women feel safe in general. Because there's a ton of women out here that had horror stories from Lyft and Uber riding by themselves, especially when they're a little intoxicated. Absolutely. And that was a, a big, you know a big crowd or, or time of the day that I used to serve when I was driving full-time for Lyft and Uber because it paid the best. You know, you had surge rates that went late, you know? Um, but you're also at the, the mercy of somebody not being so intoxicated that they actually know where they are. So you're meandering around downtown or warehouse district or wherever trying to figure out where is this person that I'm trying to pick up. I like the fact that I don't have to worry about that. You know, it's usually for me, it's females that are going out, maybe with a spouse or with girlfriends or whatever. They want to go have a good time, but they're also being safe and not putting somebody at risk that's driving after they've had a few. And for me, it's like, those are the people that are responsible. They plan ahead. They usually have disposable income. They're a great demographic for me to serve from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. but also from a loving father standpoint. Like, I want to look out for women that are putting themselves in a risky situation Maybe not knowing, like you said, what's that roll of the dice going to be if I go with Lyft or Uber? Yeah. Yeah, so um, so do you um, charge like a flat rate? So just let's take, let's use this for example. Just say me and my girl want to go out for a night, like a night on a town, and we call you up. How would that, how would that start? Would we pay you in the beginning or towards the end? Or how was all, how was that, how would that business transaction work? Sure. So for me, if I'm doing the round trip and there's, you know, a good amount of wait time or whatever, I would just have you pay on the way back. You know, I should have enough trust in my passengers to be able to do that. Um, But I think it's, you know, from a a pricing perspective, there's a lot of variance there depending on how much wait time is it, where, how far am I driving? I'd say typically that sweet spot that I'm looking for is usually a ride that lasts at least 15 minutes or, you know, 15 to 20 bucks as a minimum fare. Um, but usually I'm around a dollar fifty dollar and uh, a mile, um, and then for longer things, usually average around thirty bucks an hour. Okay. Yeah. Thirty bucks an hour. So, um, 
I, I just I just lost my train of thought because I'm just so happy that you <laughs> no seriously I'm happy that you're starting this because I said not only that I have known you for a while but yeah. it's just nice to see the entrepreneur the entrepreneurship that you're doing um the safety which Lyft and Uber they don't give a they don't I feel they don't give a damn about their passengers no you and know? the specific demographic for me is you know those female passengers that are looking for the same reliable trustworthy professional guy really to get them to and from the airport that's kind of my my bread and butter specialty because that's more of a time sensitive issue you need to make your flight you know yeah. you can't mess around with somebody being late or not showing up you just can't you know other issues it's like yeah you're late for dinner yeah you're late for a movie sometimes people can absorb that and they're still willing to go with those other services but when it comes to the airport you can't screw around no, you can't. Like I said, I I never been in that situation where I lost a flight, but I have heard the horror stories. Yeah, you know, especially now. I mean, I haven't tried, I haven't been on the airplane since COVID, but that's a, that's about to change. Sure, you know, yeah. I am looking to get out of Minnesota, just even if it's for like a week or two to get some some sunny weather. So, well, a couple of tips for when you go: make sure you got your wallet, your keys, and your phone, and, and your mask. And, and mask. You get you mask. gotta have your mask. Yeah, mask up. Yep, exactly. And for me, masks required. Nobody in the front passenger seat. Not until we get through this thing. So, there you go. So yeah. you heard you heard that. To let them know where they can find you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, on Instagram, I'm at there goes Tony. My website's TonyGoesThere.com. You can find me on Google, Facebook, Twitter. I'm out there, man. Yep. Hit, me up. hit him. Hit the guy up. Like I said, small business owner. Minneapolis homegrown, you know, I mean, and come out and show support for this guy, you know, because he actually cares about his passengers. He wants to build relationships. So I'm just going to um, switch it a little bit yeah, man. real quick. So because um, we still got time, Absolutely. you know, and I got so, I got my my good story to end with, too. So. All right. So yeah. um, what have, what was your did we go go? We jumping back to the Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Um, what was one of your worst horrible stories that you had with them as a passenger? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't really have many, um, other than inexperienced drivers, I would say that didn't know where they were turning, even though they had a GPS right in front of their mm -hmm. face. Um, I'd say one that's more borderline would be, you know, these, these guys that are out here still trying to drive without a phone holster for their phone, like mount your damn phone. You're not driving with your phone in your hand. It's illegal. You know, I don't want you looking down at your phone while you're driving me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of my horror stories, um. I think it was an Uber or Lyft. It was one of those. But my driver hit a fucking parked car. Ooh. And I'm just like, yeah, uh, I won't be charged for this. Why? Because you hit a parked car, which is was asinine to me because the car was fucking parked, right. first of all. And this person said this was like the like their fifth night, but it's like, who the fuck hits a parked car? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Stevie Wonder, maybe, or Ray Charles, yeah. but... Right. Yeah, and I mean, you could you could argue if they were saying, hey, I was trying to avoid that that uh, pedestrian that walked out on the crosswalk that I didn't see coming. Yes. Or, a, you know, somebody in a bike lane that's in your blind spot or something. I could see that. No, but, but they hit yeah. a parked car. And I was just like, Wow. Like yeah, so the so the cops came and everything. Yeah. And so what what else happened? So file the police report. Yeah, the, yeah. The file. I, I I got to ride home with a cop. I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> this was the first time a black man was did not mind riding the back seat of a car. I was like, I just want to go home. 
I'll t- I, I even told off like, hey, I'm a little, I'm a little buzz right now. I'm a little fucked up. He hit the part. He hit. The, I, I'd rather ride home with you because I feel safe. I don't give a damn. And the, the cop just kind of laughed. He's like, all right, get in the back. Like I'm like, I'll, I'll, I don't give a fuck how people look at me on this highway. I'm sure people are driving, seeing me in the back. They're like, typical, you know. <laughs> I know. It makes you wish you, like you had a fold-up sign. I know. Like I'm innocent. I know you. You know some. You know some of the brothers are driving by. Like, damn, he must have fucked up. You know, or some of the whites driving by. Typical. You know. <laughs> like, but yeah, that was like one of the. That's that's the one I still remember. And I think this was five six years ago. Okay. Like the Uber driver hit a fucking parked car, and I'm just like. Uber, Uber or Lyft. I don't want to blame yeah. Uber. It was right. it was one of those. One of the two, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, they hit a parked car, man. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. It's like you know, people nowadays, if they're using those services, they usually use both of them because everybody's price comparing. Oh yeah, I do that. I do that all the time. Like I'll look at and I to me, I feel Lyft is always a little bit cheaper, not by much. Yeah, usually a buck or two. Yeah. 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 And I'll say I'm like I'd rather save a buck. Yeah. And just hop in, you know, and like I said, I had some good. Uber and Lyft drivers, but majority of them have been fucking horrible. Yeah, but and the thing is that, and that brings up a really good point. You, if for the good experiences you've had, you can't replicate that because you can't say I want this driver again. There's no option to do that. Correct. And that and that's another area that I serve where you're gonna get me every time. Yeah, and that's why I like because it's just you. You can build those connections and relationships, you yeah. know. And they're like. Well, I wish my cousin come visit us from Faribault. Oh, I go to Faribault, you know, like I can drive, pick your cousin up and bring her in. Or even further out, like, you know, I'm reaching out to other airports that fly into MSP most often because if you can already arrange your ride without even having to worry about that once you get here, how much easier is that for your your yeah. overall trip, you know? Yes. You know, like, hey, uh, I have a, you know, a cousin that lives in Atlanta and she flies out here a couple times a year. Sweet. I'll be her, her driver when she gets here. Then you'll, you won't have to worry about that. Yes. And for me, it's like, I like the part of, well, twofold. I love to drive, one, no matter time of day. I just love to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, two, and I really like meeting new people. I like hearing their stories. I like to do that compare contrast with my own life and where you're at based on your age and your life and your career mm-hmm. versus where I'm at and what I'm doing. And it's amazing how much we have in common if we just take the time to find out. Yeah, I agree with that because I feel like that's what's wrong with people nowadays. Like they don't actually take the time to get to know the person and they actually don't get take the time to listen yeah. as well. You know, that's why I feel this world is kind of fucked up right now, you know, because people don't take the time to get to know somebody. They just want to judge a book by its cover, which me and my friend Ashley touched on on her episode. But yeah, some people like to judge a book by its cover and some people... Well, I'm, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it for example. Sure. The whole politics shit. Like, I'm not a, and we talked about this earlier. I'm not a Trump or Biden fan. I don't like either of them. Either of them. I've always been in the middle. But now you got so many people one sided for this or one sided for that. Like, people don't actually take the time to like sit down and have an adult conversation. Like, why do you think like this? You know. And Facebook, it's the worst because you see. So, so you can post something on Facebook and people just want to just trigger and just like, well, fuck you if you don't think like me and blah, 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 yeah. which is childish. It's like what happened to having adult conversations like, why do you think this way? Or even I, I am blessed that two of my roommates are Caucasian. 
But I am blessed that they are like they they don't mind having conversations with me about the issues that's going on. Like, wow, like why are you so mad of like what's going on? Like why why are you thinking like this? Like let's sit down and have a conversation about it. And I think if people did that more, the world would be a fucking better place. Right. Well, and you think from at least from the African American point of view, as an American citizen, there's not a lot of history that helps you develop rooted culture because so much of it is is caucasian history it's the white man version you know yeah like even because I, I grew up in gary indiana and just hearing black history taught from going from all black school then moving here to minnesota and seeing somebody else like a caucasian teach black history that's all they want to teach is martin luther king they they don't they they teach Little bit about Malcolm X, but don't dig. But you don't hear about the Third Good Marshals, the Marcus Garvey, the Huey P. Newtons, the uh, you you hear about Harriet Tubman. Um, you don't hear about Stokely Carmichael or Eldridge Cleaver. They just kind of give you, just like like I call white people potato salad, just a little paprika, just yeah. just a little dash, gotcha, you know. Yeah. And which um. Which I had, um, I did this with my buddy Sirocco. Shout out to Sirocco because we talked about this on our podcast. That when when Juneteenth started, you know how many people on my Facebook was like, "What the? What is Juneteenth? I never heard of it." It's like, wow, like that's and with that, I feel that should all start at home sure. with the, with the teaching of the kids. Um, my parents always raised my brother and I to. Not only learn about your culture, but others as well. That's going to make you more well-rounded. Yeah. You know, but if just seeing some of my friends, it's like, I didn't know where Juneteenth was. I'm just like, wow. Like, and it was majority of some of my, my Caucasian friends here in Minnesota. Like, some of my Caucasian friends that live in the South, they're like, oh, yeah, we know what that was because they actually teach it down there. Sure. You know, it's just some of the teachers here, they just, they don't really dig into the black like here I'm not knocking all the teachers that don't there might be some out there but I'm just talking about the ones that don't you know yeah well and I think it's it's you're usually a reflection of your demographic you know so if it's a very high percentage caucasian and it's a, a considered minority history it's going to get glossed over because there's so much other content that's filling that time or that space but I'll be the first to admit I'm ignorant when it comes to black history uh-huh. I don't know a lot you yeah. know but I'm not going to pretend that I do. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's what separates me is like, I, I can be real and not know the answer. Like, I don't know is okay because yeah. I'm an adult and I should not know everything. Yeah. We, yeah, we should not know everything, you know? Um, like I said, I know you for a while. You always been open and accepting, you yeah. know? And you was like one of the few white boys. I would tell you what, we go way back since the tropic days. And he's one of the few white boys that I ever saw pop lock better than some of the brothers out there. And I, I remember our first, I'm like, who is this white dude pop locking and like getting it, dog? Like, I was like, because I'd I never seen a white, I'm going to put it to you like this. Tony goes there. He is invited to every black barbecue in America right now, man. <laughs> this dude has so much soul when it comes to the dancing and the footwork. He's one of the few white guys I've ever seen Seawalk. <laughs> like, this dude, he's welcome to the barbecues. He, 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 don't, he can even eat mama's potato salad. That's how, that's how damn good he is when it comes to the dancing, man. 
And, and the kind that has a lot more than a little paprika. Yeah. Oh, it has. Oh, it has more. It has more than a little bit of paprika. You know, this is Mama's potato salad. You know. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But man, that just blew my mind when I my, my first interaction. I was like, this is white dude could fucking dance his act like you should have been on soul train well, man. Here, here's my humble brag so there's this little show on fox called so you think you can dance while well, i was on the second season of that show i auditioned i did my solo on tv and then they cut me fuck them <laughs> exactly. but i mean it's all about fun right yeah i mean and that's the other thing too it's like i'm not just a driver i'm not just a parent to twin girls and a, and a son and you know, and, and we go way back to yeah. dancing days and stuff. It's like, you know, I love music too, and I'm actually taking a music class now. So for me, it's like I want to expand. I want to continue to grow. I think I honestly feel that if you're not growing, you're dying. Yes. You know. So let me learn something new, even if it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back because I was um, listening to some. I had my um, Apple Music. It was just rotating, and the percolator came on, <laughs> man. <laughs> Some of y'all old heads like me, like us, y'all know what the percolator is, man. The original house song. Yes, the original house song. I damn near almost pulled over on Highway 100 and almost got out and danced. <laughs> like, I, th- I got two more splits in me. Yeah. Like, for the wedding and for, like, a good fucking night, I got two. Because I can still do the splits. There has been video of me doing the splits. Shout out to my friend Sarah that took the video in Denver. I did the splits in the bar in Denver, and everybody lost it. So, but I got two more splits left in me. One is for the wedding. If I don't get if I don't get married, fuck it. I'll just break it out. But that song came on, and I'm like, man. And another one, um, when that song WAP came out, and they used the holes in this house. When I first heard, I thought, oh shit, and just heard me. I was like. Oh, okay. I mean, women empowerment want to sing about their pussy. All right, cool. I'm not knocking it. But to me, I thought, I'm here. Holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that was when, you know, before twerking was known as twerking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I remember going to Energy back in the day. Yes. There was a teen nightclub called Energy and Graffitis and watching the girls in tennis skirts, like, twerking back in. But it wasn't called twerking back then. No. Well, and specifically at Graffitis, they had that, like sunken level of the dance floor yes so everybody would always butt up to that edge for that upper level yes because that's where they could lean down and grab the floor yes it was that and they always had the pop machine that had no pop like that shit was always fucking carbonated (laughs) and i remember just being just dances you always be me my buddy fitzy what up fitzy um couple other guys and i was stopped I was the shit, man, because I had that glow-in-the-dark pager. You know, as soon as the black light hit it, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, herringbone chain, you know. I thought I was the man then. I was the first one to turn 18 out my crew back then. Gotcha. So I'm like, all right, I'm stepping up. And I remember I first went to Tropics. First of all, I couldn't get in at Tropics, first of all, because I had a FUBU Hawaiian shirt that had FUBU just on the little pocket, and they didn't let me in. And I was just like, Man, what the fuck, man? This is some racist bullshit. That was my that was, perspective. Yeah. That was my perspective. Yeah. I was like, man, fuck this spot. <laughs> and um, Big Muhammad heard me. That was the, the big bartender. And he was like, bro, they're not letting you in. I was like, nah, man. And I, he was like, and he got me in. I just saw it. I was just like, man, this, this shit, this right here, this is awesome. I'm like, fuck yeah. I, I'm like, I got to go to, I, I'm like, I got to go to Tropics, man. Oh, and that was the spot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, until the Twins built their stadium. Yeah. Yes, because that one side was the 16 plus, and the other side was the 18. Then I, I started working at Tropics and some other friends. So 
we would go on the other side too. Yeah. Like, man. Well, in that back room, sometimes they would rent it out, and it was the soiree. The soiree, yes. Yeah. And I remember one time in sync came the tropics. You remember that? No. Okay, so NSYNC came to, it was like after their tour, Justin Timberlake still had the curly hair. Okay. So this, I think it was like the No Strings Tatcha album or something like They were fucking big. And I'm not going to lie, tropics always played top 40. Like yeah. the top 40 bullshit. You don't want to, you don't want to hear, but whatever. It was the bullshit. And, ju- and they just want to hear hip hop. And I remember that night, we played everything from Black Rob, Woe, to Biggie. Like, I was like, we should be playing this a lot, which I didn't get the concept till I started working until, like, the 21-plus bars and getting the concept. Like, hey, you can't really play this type of music yeah. <laughs> unless your spot's going to get shot up like Karma always was. Right. So I just stayed working at the white clubs. I was like, I ain't working at Karma. That where all my friends had pulled up with that extra bullshit. Well, I'm like, <laughs> 10 years later, they figured out if they blended both of them, it was a happy medium. Yes. It was just a matter of how much of that balance are you going to go on that gray area either way. Yeah, but one of my favorite spots was 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 um Cream on Sunday nights at Span. That's where yeah. they played the hip hop, dude, like up in the red room in and the VIP. Great beat mixing. Man. Yeah. Man, I think Ben Quan, yeah, Ben shout out to Ben Quan. Ben Quan was yeah, there. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, he lives right up the road actually, gotcha. man. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But man, those see this gen of these people that's like in their twenties or early. You guys don't remember how fun downtown Minneapolis used to be. Yeah, before it got all thuggish and everybody started shooting and stabbing people. Yeah, like down. Like to me, I look at that. I don't really go out in the city anymore. Like I'm more a suburban. Like I, I love the Loop West End. I live right up the road from Pub Forty Two. There's a brewery walking distance. So I don't. I'm not much of a city bar anymore like i mean i still fucks with uptown but uptown was even getting crazy yeah. you know? loop west end was my spot yes almost every saturday yes you know, pre-covid that's where you could find me yes and then you know after you know it was starting to get a little too crazy about 12 31 o'clock it was like time to roll out yeah throw on the meter i'm gonna go make some money you know yeah and i did not i that's how i am now since i gotten older like i was like i gotta shut the spot down like now at four i'm like shit so I'm like, hey, we can roll out at midnight. I mean, we can. Yeah, there's not even a lot of times where I have enough people that are even willing to, like, let's go swing over to Perkins till 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Perkins Street 94. Oh, yeah, man, back in the day. Louisiana? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think half the Tropic staff and half, if you work from downtown Minneapolis from, from the 90s till about 2010, you kept the Perkins on 394 afloat. Yeah. That night staff, they loved us because we tipped them well. We had fun, but we were respectful. Yes. You know, we weren't in there screwing up their bathrooms. No, we were. I mean, there was time we was a little rowdy, but not like a fun rowdy. You know, trying to holler at girls at the other table right. like, hey, girl, can I get some of those tater tots or shit like that? You know, we we're all drunk as fuck, you know, but. Well, and see, for me, that was never the motivation. Like, I wasn't a drinker. I just like, wanted to go out and dance. Yeah. That that was it. I just wanted to go dance with my friend. Yeah, I never I never seen you with a cocktail, right. which Yeah, because one, a lot of it was like I wanted the freedom to be able to drive myself there and back to in case something went down if I got kicked out. Yeah. I didn't want to weigh down the rest uh, of the group, you know? Yeah, and that's that's why I used to hate about friends that couldn't hold their alcohol or back then like it'd be a group of you and one of your friends can't get in because his jeans were too baggy and it's just like you made it all the way down here. Yes. Set up all these rides to pick yes. everybody up. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, what do we do now? Yeah. Perkins it, on Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Perkins. 
Might as well do some parking lot pimping, you right. know. Or someone would be like, I'm going to break away for a couple hours. Uh, let me go down to, you know, uh, the uh, strip club. club, what, was strip the, club. what was the place next to graffiti's called? Oh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. I'm going to dip over to Dream Girls for a couple of hours. I, I'll, I'll meet up with you guys around the One park. of the nastiest strip clubs in Minneapolis. I'm sorry. If any of you ladies are working at strip club, at, at the strip club, Dream Girls, you bitches fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just well, keep it real. And for me, like it's like um, in in the rideshare business in particular, that's what a lot of the late night crowd is. It's women going to and from the, those jobs. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, yeah, I might not agree with your your values and what you're doing with your body, but yeah. at least I can provide you a safe yeah. ride. You know? Yeah, I just always thought Dream Girls was like it's like the bottom of the barrel of the strip clubs. It's like, what you can't strip in nobody's garage? <laughs> like what the fuck? Dream Girls is horrible. Right. I'm well, sorry. Well, I, I don't have an opinion because yeah. really, it wasn't my place. To yeah, I, I've, been, I've been there a few times. But one thing I can't say, you're not paying like $16 like you was going into the VU for the $8 cover. And you got to buy an $8 fucking soda. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was a, a precursor to me being a little more frugal with my money too because I was never a drinker. Yeah. And to pay $8 for a soda was nuts. Yeah. Like, why Why would I do that? I just, I just never understood going to Dream Girl. I mean, going to Deja Vu, which is still fucking open. God bless them. But paying $16 for cover before you even walk in the door. door yeah. Yeah, because they have that whole little lobby area where everybody's waiting. And they're yeah. giving you the once over, up and down. Are you going to be able to get in or not? You yeah. Know, like, I mean, nightclubs were really particular about their dress code. Oh, when I worked at the Annex, yeah, we were very, yeah, we were very particular. I used to tell my friends, "Hey, even though I'm working, I can't. If I'm downstairs in the VIP, I can't come up and let you in." So, yeah. And well, one of the one of the worst spots. What was that spot in St. Paul that always shot people down? Uh, uh, it was right on St. Paul. It's a red cow now. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it was a St. Paul. I know somebody will say, "Will will think of it." It was a once, but that always shut was shut people down and there was a times a lot of African Americans thought that spot was racist. Was it the Wild Onion? Oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild Onion right Wild... Yes, Wild yeah. Onion used to shoot a lot of a lot of people down, man. Well but the problem they ran into all the time is they were always at capacity. Yes. They were so busy, they're like, we gotta move the line somehow. You know? Yes, I just remember that was probably one of the hardest places to get in back because they were so Pants are too baggy. Shirts too baggy. You got tattoos on your neck. You can't. You got. T- it was just like. Yeah. But the thing is, a lot of times for me, like if I actually got in, you know, you were so packed at the Onion that you couldn't even enjoy yourself. Because for me, like if I go out, I want to dance. If I don't have room to dance, why am I even there? Yes. Yeah. Man. Good old Wild Onion. Good old Wow. That. Yeah, that was probably one of the most hardest clubs to get into in those times. And right. ever since then, I have never partied in St. Paul after those Wild Onion no, experiences. No, I, I mean, it was never really a top priority for me anyway because Minneapolis was always closer. Yes. Yeah. And Minneapolis had more options. I thought right. I heard St. Paul's kind of like more chill. Like, I never had a night out on St. Paul. Now, if any, if any ladies out there listening in St. Paul, y'all want to show me a night on the town? Cool. But I'm not going there. Just be like, hey, let's go. I'm going to kick it in, in, in Nepal. Yeah. You what know? was the name of the place that was on, um, that, that was a little bit south of St. Paul that looked like the mansion or whatever? 
It's a white building, and I can't remember the name. Yeah, KDWB used to always have yeah, their parties there. They would have their and they would Valentinos. Have, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yes, Valentinos. That was one yes. place that I always wanted to go, and I never made it up. There. Yeah, I, I never. The Valentinos was not my spot, but Stargate was. Yeah, oh. Stargate was that baby. neighborhood. Stargate Clan man. Club Cancun. Oh, was it Club Cristal? That was right next Club, door. Club Cristal, yes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Waterworks if you guys are still open. No, they're gone, man. They're bulldozed. They're in housing development now. I remember because when we worked at Tribal, we, the whole crew, we would like, you was there. We used to mob the yeah. Waterworks. Yeah, or you'd start at Waterworks Worked and end up at Tropics. The Tropics, Tropics. Yeah. yes, man. <laughs> and, then, and with Stargate, you had the lamplighter across the street. Yeah. Yeah, which they used to call the limp lifter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which is sad now, because I heard Stargate's now like a daycare center. Oh, really? Yes. That's hilarious. I know, right? It's like, yeah, your dad was VIP here, so I guess we can move you up so you can get this uh this carriage right here with the milk, you know. I mean it's Or they're looking at him going, So you're twelve? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we can't get in. We don't like your ash gosh bagosh. <laughs> yeah, man. Um Reliving memories is, is good. I, I loved clubbing, man. I did too. It was just so much fun back then. It was just, I felt like people were always looking out for like the crew who I hung out with. They were always looking out for me, you know. We always looked out for each other, you know. I mean, even at the Perkins, like if somebody, oh, I'll spend my money at the bar, like, I got you. Yeah. Like, yeah it's like, dude, I'll buy you some pancakes and some bacon. Yeah. 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 Just give me back next time when I'm fucked right. up, you know. Exactly. Well, and we were there almost every week, so it didn't matter. And I had to, one of my things I used to love doing at Tropics when I worked there was flyering. Okay, yeah. So we this one, we would all go to the Mall of America, hand out the VIP cards. And I don't care what nobody says. I was the first guy that was VIPing the Hooters girls at the Mall of America. I think it was me, Chris Hines, and Omar. Okay. And we got so good at we were on our pager number on the back of these cards. Like, hey, if you need to get in, just oh, shoot me a page, you I know. Miss Omar. Omar is such a good Omar, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Shout out to Omar. We're friends on Facebook. But yeah, I think it was Omar's idea. And uh, we just started flying the Hooters girls, like, hey, come see us. And at that time, I was working at Sunglass Hut, the kiosk at Southdale Mall. Why is that always like a side gig for everybody that worked at Trump? <laughs> I know like three people that worked at Sunglass Hut. I, I worked at, but see, I, 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 I almost got into some trouble because. I'm a, I, and not a, a couple people know this story. I was slinging glasses on the side for the low. Oh, like, I was selling Oakleys. Like, I have some friends, they'll come in, like, yeah, let me get some Oakleys. I'm like, yeah, just give me 60 bucks on the table. Boom. Revos. Boom. Like, I was doing, I was doing it for like two years. And um, my, even, I don't think my mom knows this story, but yeah, I was slinging them for a year. And I got word that I got ratted on. By, by, I think his name was Tom. He was the upstairs. Yeah, Tom was the upstairs manager. Because, okay. you know, at Southdale, they had the sunglasses. And there was the bigger store. Oh, in Southdale. Got yes. Okay. I was at the kiosk, and he worked upstairs. So he got wind. Yeah, I believe his name was Tom. One of, the, one of those names. And he ratted, he ratted me out to, like, the corporate. And they were coming to, a, they were coming to arrest me. But I was two days earlier that I quit and never went back. And they never pursued it. Never pursued. I mean, I, they told me to try to get some of the glasses back, <laughs> which some were some. I was able to recover some. I had to give people back the money. But, yeah, some I couldn't. But I had to, I had to pay like a 
They're like, well, just pay five hundred dollars, and ours like, all right, cool. But yeah, sunglasses. Lessons, learned. Lessons, Lessons learned. learned, man. <laughs> I, I, but I was, I was, I was moving glasses, man. I, I was like sixty bucks for Revos, sixty. Like sixty five or seventy for Oakleys, I'll remember. But here's the killer thing too: How often did you see them actually wearing them? Everybody wore them on their cap. Yeah, on everybody. Their yeah, everybody <laughs> used to. Everybody used to wear them the white hats that said St. Thomas or the Cox or the white hats that had the man. Yeah, you were never wearing your sunglasses no. over your eyes. No, it, they were a showpiece. Pretty much. Yeah. But man, whoever bought those sunglasses and if y'all still got them, I salute you, man, because I haven't. To this day, I have not wore a pair of Oakleys or Revos. I don't even know they're still in style or no. no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I was I, I was two days ahead, but they were, they were coming to arrest your boy, you know. Oh for Yeah, I quit two days because I got wind from um, somebody that worked upstairs. Like, hey, Tom ratted you up to corporate, and I think they might come in and arrest you. I was just like, well, I quit. <laughs> and I was still young. I didn't give a fuck. Like, I quit. Yeah. Like, fuck a two-week notice. <laughs> I quit. Right. Yeah, uh, Mr. Joyce. Uh, let's see. You got to get back some of those sunglasses, and um, I think the, I think they told me I had to pay like five or four hundred dollars. You know, it was something like that, sure. and they were cool. But yeah, if they would have arrested me. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was probably going to do some time because. But hey, I had a friend I won't name names, but he used to be a manager at a Domino's, and he used the night deposit to go to the casino and do a little gamble, and then lost the whole thing. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> and luckily, had a. I will say friend and or family member bail him out by paying what he had lost so that they weren't going to prosecute him. Yeah. And luckily that was the lesson he needed to learn to become yeah. an adult and take responsibility, you know? Yeah. And I, and I still, with this, I think, I think I was still, yeah, like 22, 23, you know? Yeah. And the reason I put, I picked that sunglass at kiosk because it was right across from the Victoria's Secret where all the cute girls worked oh, at. So, of course, I had the Tropics VIP. like, hey, come see me. Then Omar would come visit. Like, nah, nah, that's, that's my territory. That's See, you didn't even realize it. Subconsciously, you were already looking at real estate. Location, location, <laughs> location. 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 <laughs> ABC, always be closing. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I'm gonna, I think I smashed like two of those girls that worked there, too. Yeah, I smashed, I, I smashed at least two of those. So all that hard work didn't go for nothing, you know? I mean, yeah. Man, because, yeah, because Sam Goody was upstairs, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Musicland, Sam Goody. I mean, Best Buy even used to have a pretty good CD selection. And the long boxes when they first came out? Man. Yeah. One thing I, will, I miss about CD is just the CD release Tuesdays. Yeah. Man. I mean, just me. Shout out to my boy Ryan Moldy Howard. Moldy. Me and Patrick Poe, I think we, me and Moldy had, I think it was a history class, we skipped, and Patrick Poe came with us. Shoebox P, what up? Give me a shout out. And I remember I bought the DMX album, the dark, the, the first one, and I remember we popped, because Moldy drove, and we popped it in, and I was just amazed by that raspy voice. I'm like, this is like the best shit I ever heard, man. <laughs> that was the best shit, like, wow. Well, and of course I had to pick up a No Limit CD because Master P was slanging. I graduated in 98, so Master P was slanging No Limit CDs in 98. Like every week there was a No Limit release that you had to buy. And they were always a super colorful, like plastic, yes. plastic with a raised Man, and, yes, know. and the color. Like, I, I don't know who Mr. Hard on is, but shit, I got to buy it because there's no limit. <laughs> MC Miss Pussy? Oh, I got that. Right. Middle of the basketball court in a gold tank. I got it, yes. <laughs> MC Herpes? Oh, fuck yeah, give me two. <laughs> give me two.
Give me two. <laughs> yeah, but man, it's just how music has changed. Right. Man. Well, and I think that's a cool tie-in with being able to drive too, because you know, on those downtimes, I have a chance to listen to some newer music that I usually wouldn't have access to no. being at home and and podcasts and stuff. Yes, you know? Freddie's like World Freddy's plug. World. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for subscribing and liking the podcast. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna stay on the music tip because you're a big music buck like I am. Yeah. So, hey, I know you're you're still a, you're a hip hop head. Absolutely. From the days of Ice Cube and NWA, yes. you know, all through the '90s, you know, dance revolution with like La Bouche and La Bouche. And Snap the Power. <laughs> I got the power. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we gonna start with who is your favorite hip hop MC? It's just well. I got to start with Cube because he's kind of who I started. I mean, like, Ice Cube, Cube. Ice Cube Death Certificate's probably oh, still a top five. That's, that's still one of my top five albums, you know, Ice Cube's Death Certificate. Um, um, what is it? Bootlegs and B-Sides I love, too, just because it's it's not, like, a full-produced album. There's a lot of really good snippets on there. Um, man, I mean, you know, there's always the debate, Tupac versus Biggie. Yeah. And I like both. I, I would never put one above the other. I can't, yeah, that's I can't choose. It's like actually who I love more, my mom or my dad. Yeah. I can't choose. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really want to hear a great culmination of good MCs, you ever heard the, the track Classic that's got, like, Nas and Kanye and Rakim, who's Rakim's probably my number one. Oh, um, I got to check that one yeah, out. Yeah, man. That came out, like, I want to say... Early 2000s, okay. Like that. I definitely got to check it out. Yeah, I, I love Cube. Um, I did like a top five and I put Ludacris on there because and people made fun of me, but I'm like, Ludacris is so lyrical. Like, I, I love Ludacris, but my favorite rap group of all time, I love Outcast. Yeah, and I had a ex co worker, she bought me the vinyl of Stankonia. Okay, so yeah. I got to buy a record player, but I, I still think AT Aliens is a much better album, but. AT, yeah, I agree. AT Aliens, you know, but I just remember when I heard that Southern Playalistic Cadillac Funk the Music album on cassette, and I, I bought it at Sam Goody. I saw, I was like, oh, I like the cover. Like, I, I was like, Outcast, I'll give it a shot. And I was just amazed, just everything, you know, just like, man, this is dope and different at the time. Right. Because the West Coast back in the 90s, they were like taking over. Like, like I, I'm just going to say this. It had it. It affected me so much. Nineties hip hop. Um, you probably heard what I said about this on my episode at Convos with Ashley. We were talking about Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style album. I was in junior high. This album came out. I want to say ninety four. Yeah, that sounds right. My senior year, high school. Yeah, yeah. And I was we. I was listening, and it was the song "Ain't No Fun," and Nate Dogg dropped a lyric, and she didn't lick my balls. To me, I was moving to California because girls was licking balls. <laughs> that's that's all I needed to hear. Uh, seventh grade year old Freddie George was gonna go to California with his Chicago Bulls starter jacket and Jabo jeans and looking for girls to lick balls. Cause to me, that's all. I, that's all I heard. Like, and she didn't lick my balls. I'm like, girls in California are licking balls. I need to be that. <laughs> at the at the mind of a seventh grader, like I need I need to be there. Just think of I need to be that. And the, the thing that you're getting exposed to, that, I mean, like, around that age for me was, like, four or five years prior. No, a little bit longer or a little bit earlier than that was when um, Two Live Crew, Nasty As They Want To Be, came on. And my next door neighbor gave me the CD. My parents had no idea what was on it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's fine. 
and I'm listening to that going, discovery of things that didn't exist. Man. It was like discovering a new planet. Man. One of those for me was I had a neighbor back in the day when people used to record off the cassette. I had a neighbor record the 100 Miles and Running in WA. Oh, listen to that. Great song. album. So Great times. album. Yeah. And I had the door open in my room. I did not know my mom was home. The song Just Don't Bite It comes on. Yeah. She swallowed it. It's the world's biggest dick. And I'm in my room just jamming like, yeah. Mom, I did not know my mom was home. My mom was like, nigga, if you don't turn that shit off and throw that shit in the trash, I will beat the shit out of you. Those were my, my mom's exact words. I was like, okay. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> like, I, that was the ballsiest I got <laughs> with right. my mom. Like, yeah. Because I just remember just hearing that song. You didn't hear shit like that. It's, like, it's the world's biggest it. She swallowed it. And I was just like, damn. Right. Just. Well, and, you know, Two Live Crew, Nasty As They Want To Be, that was the first album with uh, parental advisory on it. Yes. You know, that, that was the whole push. Of that that started that whole movement. Yeah, I would love to see a Two Life Crew movie like they did the NWA Stroud of Compton. Because yeah. I, I believe... That story needs to be told because Luther Campbell had to go to the Supreme Court to fight for his um, free freedom of speech. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and did everybody agree with it? No. Yeah. But it's a right of being a citizen of the United States. States. Yeah. Even to this day, there's stuff people say that I don't agree with, but it's their freedom of speech, sure. you know. And I just kind of like if I don't agree with it, especially on Facebook, I just scroll past like right. an adult. I'm not going to sit here and go back and forth about what the fuck they post. Well, and the same thing with being a parent. you got to pick your battles to win the war, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's something outlandish and I'll comment it, like, damn, dude, what the fuck? But right. other than that, especially when it comes to politics, I'm just going to scroll past. It's not, to me, it's not worth engaging between two people that are either posting on with a cell phone or with a laptop. Sure. Now, if you want to have like a one-on-one conversation like an adult, I'm all for it. Yep. Direct so. message me. Yep, let's start yep. a conversation. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So I even tell that to my kids all the time. I'm like, you don't need to figure it out. You can ask questions. You can ask for help. That's why we're here. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here, baby. And yeah, man. But we just went down memory lane. We started with the transportation and just yeah. kind of this how my podcasts go, man. Every episode we'll start somewhere. And just kind of naturally veer down the road man Well, i think you touched on it like you know back hanging out with our crew like you know us looking out for each other you know i i feel that with some of my clients you know that you build that relationship you build that trust that reliability you know um most recently one of my best stories that i wanted to end with was um a guy that i'd been driving a couple of times pretty cool knew a little bit about him picked him up in bloomington wanted to go to the casino great bring him down there he's like you know a lot of my friends have kind of moved away. My fiance travels for work. I don't really have anybody to hang out with. He's like, you should come in. We should hang out. And I'm like, dude, I'm driving on a Friday night, man. I'm going to lose everything that I'm, I'm making as a driver. Yeah. And he's like, no, come in. I'll give you some money to play with. We'll, we'll hang out and we'll gamble. And I was just like, all right. Yeah. So we go in and we're hanging out or whatever. Long story short, this guy wins $22,000 on a progressive slot machine. Damn. And he always giving me money to play with all night, right? So on the way back, I noticed he tips me 20 bucks in the app. I was, you know, rolled on my window. I'm like, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And he turns around, walks back to my car. And I'm like, what's up? Did you forget something in my seat or something? He's like, no, man. I, he's like, I know that you got 
couple of young kids and you're out here grinding or whatever. And he's like, I respect that. And he's like, you know, I do pretty well for myself and this is a really good windfall for me, but I wanted to share this with you. And he reaches in his coat pocket, pulls out a wad of cash and just drops it on my front seat. I was like, you don't have to do that, man. I had a great time. Like, that's all I needed. This is the best time I've had in like 20 years. Like, what's up, you know? And I was like, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Pay no mind to it, you know, take a couple other passengers, you know, I've tucked it away, get home. My wife's like, it's 4 a.m. Where the hell have you been? And I was Mm -hmm. like, let me tell you a story. So I do. And she's like, well, how much did you get? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't even checked. So I counted it up. And this super awesome, generous guy tipped me 1500 bucks. Wow. So in one night, and I'd only driven for maybe three hours that night, I made enough to pay our mortgage. I mean, you don't hear about that kind of generosity no. very often. And I think that's where supporting small businesses, we're going to see this a lot more often. You know, we got to keep each other in existence and, and the, the payoffs will be there. And we just all need to get through this COVID crap. Yeah, so that's how we're going to end it. We're going to end it on a good note like that. Any shout-outs you want to give before we end it? To uh, my beautiful wife, Christy, my kids, Archer, Eileen, and Signe, um, to all my just great clientele and anybody out there that's really just looking for a good-hearted, wholesome, I'd like to think I'm somewhat funny guy who's got a lot of stories, a big heart, you know, and a, a ride to share. Um, you know, I'm just trying to keep it safe out there. So. And let them know where they can reach you again, man. So perfect way to reach me is on my website, TonyGoesThere.com. There's a scheduler right in there. It'll show my availability. You can also hit me up um, on Instagram and on Twitter at ThereTonyGoes. And if you want to, you can direct email me at Driver at TonyGoesThere.com. Or I'll even throw out my cell phone, 612-790-8070. Thank you. And I'm just going to end it at that. Just shout out to everybody that's been listening from day one. February is the anniversary, one year. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so I will be doing a Facebook Live episode with my buddy Big J and Biggie and Ziggy. So it's going to be like a verse battle, but not really. We just go have the laptops going, and we're going live on Facebook for the anniversary show. You know, just want to give, just thank you. Thanks, everybody, for liking. Thanks, everybody, for liking the Facebook page that I made. I got up, got to 290 likes on the page for freddy's podcast within two hours so awesome thank you guys so much um going to end it with this we're all humans not animals so let's act like it let's support these small businesses let's support tony goes there ladies i love you guys thank you i love i just love everybody right now because i'm in such a great place and um yes we go end it with that have a what is today is tuesday the 12th So this episode will be posted probably within the next 15, 20 minutes. So thank you guys so much for all the subscribes, the likes. Go on Apple Podcasts, rate, and comment. Even even if you don't like it, well, don't comment if you don't like it. But at least give me three stars. But um, just, just share this. I appreciate it. It's been growing so much. Thank you guys. And I love you. And I'm going to end it at that.